The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. <laughs> Welcome to Burning Hey guys, it is another episode of Burning in Hell. And today, I'm with a very sexy man. His name's Sean Hickel, also known as Sean Alexander on Instagram, more importantly. And I met Sean on the street because sh- he was running around shirtless. Do you remember that? Oh, yes, I, I, I do remember also, that. Also, Sean is a podcast virgin, and he wants to emphasize to the audience that it's just podcasts. He's not a real virgin, but I don't believe him. I've seen you mac on chicks. You've seen me mac on chicks, but you haven't seen... You know what? I'm not even going to get into that. <laughs> You're killing it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Out of the park. <laughs> but do you remember you were walking around with no shirt on? No, I definitely remember that. I was shamelessly promoting a, a free personal training session, 30-minute personal training session and consultation, and we probably passed out 5,000 flyers and maybe got like 150 people in the gym and not one person signed up, so it was like a colossal waste of time. <laughs> Did you get any dates from it? I met you, so kind of. You are so charming, and that's like why that. I invited you. So to begin, out of, do you care if I'm comfortable? No, please, get comfortable. Okay, can you take your shirt off? <laughs> I mean, if that would help you get comfortable, yeah. would that really... Like, yeah. Uh, okay. Like, objectifying men is my favorite hobby. Like, this kid acts like he doesn't work out every fucking day for moments like this. Actually, he's kind of owning it right now. Much better! All right, all right. Okay, so a little bit about Sean. I just want to say real quick, there's only three other guys in the studio right now, and I just, like, <laughs> randomly am now shirtless. So, Hannah, we are off to a rocking start. I'm loving this. Okay, so Sean is actually co-founder and CEO of Model Trainers New York City. Basically, him and his two best friends who happen to be extremely good looking and they like to work out and jerk each other off all the time. And they... I just want to add a lot of (laughs) emphasis on the last part there. Like, that is is prominent at, at the household. Are your Instagram followers primarily gay men? I would say I think the split is 60 40 okay. men to women. I don't know what percent of that is homosexual or, or straight. What straight uh, Insta- dudes would follow you? Insta- Instagram doesn't allow for that analytics. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I haven't well, measured that Well, I guess guys could follow you if they like want your body, and then guys follow you if they want to fuck your body, and it kind of goes both ways. I mean... I my my DMs go one way or the other. So <laughs> wait, mean, I've, and, I've and he's both. also like this cute boy from Texas. He just moved to New York City two years ago. Is dealing with like gay DMs all the time strange for you, or are you cool with it? Uh, so I lived in like a really conservative part of Texas growing up until I was twenty, and then I moved down and went to a a uh, junior college where I did college cheerleading, and so I had kind of one year to warm up oh, to yeah. the gay crowd before Manhattan. So that that one gays year, gays are pretty cool. Like, they're okay. My style is definitely a lot better since I've had gay <laughs> friends than before. Whenever I was living in, well, it's not your fault. You're hometown. gorgeous. Um, 
Sean now has created this kind of fitness community with his social media that's upwards of 80,000 strong. Now, Don't act like that's no a big pun deal, intended. Like. <laughs> no, but I do think, you know what I, I like about Sean? I'm bringing him on this podcast because he's a fitness influencer, and I love kind of understanding people behind their influential personality that they put out there. And like, obviously, it's your highlight reel most of the time. And people really do envy your body and how you're doing. But when I met you, I met him right when Uh-oh. his Instagram had been deleted. So this is a dude with like 50,000 <laughs> oh, no. followers, which is hard to organically grow. That was horrible. And you had gotten it deleted because someone like scammed you and got your password and deleted all your shit. And I was looking at this kid like Instagram is his business, like his whole life. How is he handling this emotionally? Was that a dark time? It, it was really shitty. Like, it was really shitty. And I don't think that I quite understood the value that social media brings to the table, like, in 2018. So were you just doing it for fun before? Um, yeah. I mean, whenever I started, I think I was just... I, I had the idea that I might move to New York and become a model. And... So I was like, okay, well, definitely Instagram is the way to start that. And then by the time that it got deleted, I mean, it had grown into a thing where I was, you know, getting free product for endorsement and not having to pay for tank tops or, you know, I get free food delivered to my apartment now. Like, there, there's definitely some amenities that Those come with. Those perks sound good. Yeah. You get so, free hand jobs from dudes all the time. Well, that comes without Instagram. That's just walking <laughs> west of 7th <laughs> Avenue in Chelsea, so... <laughs> um, yeah, so whenever I got it deleted, you asked me how I handled it. Yeah. Um, I woke up in the morning, and I was living in Jersey at the time, and I woke up to go personal train to clients. So it was like 5.30 a.m., and yeah, it sucked. And uh, I checked, I just like checked Instagram first thing, like, you know, as an addict does. <laughs> and it was deleted, it kicked me out, so I punched a hole in my door. What? I was really frustrated. Okay, because like, when I saw you, you were like super calm. We were having a brunch and I was like, this guy it, is handling <laughs> it very well. Like I had like the 1,000 followers at the time and I'm like, if I lost my 1,000 followers, I would freak out. Would you still freak out with like your 3,000? How many I'm, do you have? I have 6,000. 6,000? But I'm trying to, what I'm trying to, to realize. You to that 10K. Is that the K is the mile yeah, marker. Yeah, that's why I picked you to fucking promote me. Okay. <laughs> so so, no, so but, everybody on my Instagram, go follow uh, <laughs> Hannah Burn, Burner, Burner, Burning in Hell, Burns. What's your at Instagram? At Being Burns. At what? Being Burns. That's right. Why do you I say this like, like I don't, don't know this. Like I don't been stalk following her every me and day. stalk me all the time. Sorry. Well, this is my thing. I have a love-hate relationship with social media. I love making my friends laugh. I hate feeling the pressure to be something that I'm, like, not all the time. Like, I'm not on all the time. I'm off most of the day. Like, I was pretty much, like, in a pissed mood all day. And today I'm in front of the microphone right now for an hour. And I'm like, you can do it. Be on. Be funny. Be presentable. I relate to that so much. But Instagram, it's not—I love doing this for an hour. And then I could go home and, like, be in a shitty mood. But Instagram, it's like, do you feel pressure that you have to be, like, presentable yes. all the time? All, all the time, 24-7. So, and I just want to go back to the door thing. Like, yeah. I actually don't punch things often. I've never no, been in a fight. No, you're so not like, like I'm an really angry not like dude. an aggressive guy. But, but did you feel like you lost part of yourself? I felt so violated. I felt like someone had stolen my identity, yeah. really. Because then it, it turned into this thing where I had some, like, girls that I had not talked to in years texting me asking... You know, sending me a screenshot of a really, like, vile message, and they were asking, hey, did you send this? Like, oh, what the hell is up? And it was some other guy that had stolen That's it. That's so messed up because, he, so it was yeah, really shitty. he's violating your privacy and impersonating you. Yeah, so, so not fun. long story short, 
story ended well. You got the Instagram back. Did you feel different about your followers and what you had after losing it? Or did you feel like, did you feel A, that, you know, this shit actually doesn't mean that much and life is more important than these numbers? Or B, did you feel like, holy fuck, this is so important to me and my business and my life? Uh, definitely the second one. Much more appreciative. I think a little more withdrawn. I, I wasn't as you know, focused on being on it every day and keeping up with the updates, you know, in every single post. Mm -hmm. But definitely I realized like, holy shit, I have, I have a real platform now. People actually listen to what I say, which is a crazy thing. And then going back to the pressure of feeling on all the time and, and the persona, the highlight reel that I've chosen to put out has been one of, Hey, let's be an overly optimistic, positive guy. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of shitty things that you hear about just all the time in the news. So let let me not add to that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I have shitty days. Like, everything is not always great yeah, all like the sometimes time. Sometimes you might not be motivated to go to the gym and people look to you for the motivation. You know, and it goes past the gym. So, yeah, the gym. Some days I don't give a shit about working out. And, you know, quite frankly, I own a personal training company that the whole premise is that we lead by example. So, mm-hmm. you know, on the one hand, I want to be really authentic and say, hey, guys, I just ate four Kit Kat bars and didn't work out for the last two days because I just you're didn't human. Feel, I didn't feel like it. Yeah. You're human. But also what kind of example does that set? So, you know, you really want to only post the highlight reel because, Hey, do as I show you, but you also want to you know, have some amount of transparency where it's like, also here's what I'm actually doing. Yeah. Some of the time. It's almost like there has to be a balance of your highlight reel, but then also showing like, Hey, don't, do you ever, because people can watch you and be like, if Sean can every day be positive and go to the gym every day, why can't I do it? And then it starts causing negative emotions for them. Oh, I, I struggle with the same thing. Like, I see yeah. people with bigger followings than me, and it's the same, like, you know, their life looks awesome all the time. Like, mm-hmm. even still, like, I know the shit. You know, mm-hmm. I only post the good pictures, but yeah. I still look at people so with, like, So, is there a accounts. difference between Instagram Sean Alexander and real life Sean Alexander Hickel? I think for the most part, I would say I'm pretty much the same guy that mm-hmm. I'm posting. But at the same time, you know, I wanted it's the whole mental health thing. And, you know, I'm I'm not always the happiest guy. Like mm-hmm. I have bad things that happen. I have real grandparents with real funerals and mm-hmm. real, you know, real negative things that happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm not always 24 seven on in my real life. Thank you so much for the water. That is incredible. <laughs> but um <laughs> Yeah, it, I think for the most part, I try to have an actu- accurate portrayal of who I actually am. So, you also just started an underwear line, which is pretty Marky Mark-esque of you. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, I do like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's, what kind of made uh, you want to start it? My eyes are up here, it? thank you. My <laughs> eyes are up here. What made you want to start it? Um, so, my older brother is super intellectually, I mean, he's a superstar. And so what happened to you? I don't know. I don't know. I just, you know, I've had a couple of concussions. I'm just kidding. You're actually quite intelligent for a hot guy. (laughs) (laughs) It's the second part of that sentence that seems slightly offensive. Continue. Continuing. Uh, Please objectify me. So, yeah, my older brother. I'm (laughs) sweating. So my my older brother is a product manager for a really large real estate firm. And so he gets basically the order that says, hey, we need a product that does this, so assemble your team and go make it. And then whenever my Instagram started popping off and I've had these couple TV appearances and, 
you know, this model trainers company has, you know, really turned into a much bigger thing than we thought it would be. Um, he, he said, hey, you have a brand and you, you're not capitalizing on that. Yeah. So why don't we take it to the next level? And he just kind of took it upon himself. You know, I really would like to credit myself and say, oh, like Sean Alexander, personal trainer, uh, model mm -hmm. and then designer. But mm -hmm. like I did nothing for the design of the underwear except for, OK, a couple, you know, mm -hmm. he would send me. But ideas. you're the face and you are the brand and you're not a specialty into designing and producing underwear so that's okay no so so basically it was just like the two of us decided hey let's go in 50 50 and just try to start our own thing and then fuck yeah the feedback that we've gotten has been unreal so we ordered maybe 400 pairs of underwear and they cut they come in next week so guys sean alexander dot so house exciting. if you so want some designer underwear for a dude to start his own underline underwear line is pretty much the most confident thing i think i've ever heard <laughs> so my question to you is what are your insecurities in yourself? Uh, okay, so I already just kind of uh, foreshadowed to what my insecurities are. My family is so intellectually brilliant. Mm -hmm. It is really scary to be the guy that failed out of college, went to two years of junior college, decided he was smart enough, and then just moved to New York to be a model. Why did you fail out of college the first time? Were you partying too hard? No, no. See, that was the thing. Like, I really, that, I have no excuse. I thought... I thought at the end of my first semester mm -hmm. or first half semester in college that I was just stupid. I really had, like, I had this really... So were you actually trying and studying? I went to every class. I mm -hmm. took good notes every single class. Mm -hmm. I had tutors for multiple of my classes. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, the issue was I went into it and I was so caught up in, hey, my family is so intellectually brilliant. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, you know, we have the doctors, the lawyers, mm -hmm. the... My, fucking older brother pardon my language was mm -hmm. this oh, like a please a, please curse oh damn shit <laughs> <laughs> no he, i mean he's like a rocket scientist mm -hmm. at spacex at 23 like he's mm -hmm. brilliant so i went into 18 hours of petroleum engineering for my first semester of all were like, you interested in that fuck no i'm not even like i'm i'm a workout guy like i'm a people person i'm not I a math guy i do think you're actually really smart i think you're one of the funnier hot guys I know and to be funny you have to be smart because um, it takes a lot of social intelligence as well as just like knowledge of shit to do references and to understand what people around you are feeling so I think that you're just your brain works differently and you're just in interested in different shit so I think it took me a couple years to figure that out but my, my biggest insecurity was just not succeeding and I didn't know what success meant mm -hmm. but it was just like I, I maybe 18 or 19, I put like a monetary value on it. And I said, once I hit this amount of money, I'll, I'll, I'll feel successful. Mm -hmm. And now I'm not here to say that I'm like rolling in it. That's not the mm -hmm. case, but I've learned that money is not my motivator. So I'm really not sure what that's is. awesome. Well, no, I still feel like, well, I actually remember you a couple months ago saying that to me, like my goal is to hit this number by this age. And it's like, yeah, a lot of people can do that, but are you happy are you doing what you want are you doing what you're passionate in i like just feel like if people go in their right path and they're doing what they're passionate in they're gonna find success so so i think that i've learned my motivator is a really cool life story and what i mean by that is what a shame it would be to be a boring old person like to be 85 years old mm -hmm. and not command the attention of a younger generation because you have interesting shit to talk about mm -hmm. and real experience with real wisdom so for me, it was like, let me move from Texas to New York City on a whim, because what a cool life story and chapter that's scary. that is. Like, I'm from New York City, so I can't even, 
like fathom what that was like for it you. was like i was shitting my pants like i moved up with two thousand dollars total and my parents said hey i'll buy you one thing while you're up there uh, a plane ticket if you fuck it up and i was like okay oh my god like <laughs> so were they not that supportive or were they just kind of no, like were totally like do your thing yeah but like i'm not gonna support but they're not gonna oh, let you no, continually like, yeah, fuck you, up you do your thing and like you call me and let me know how it's going and that was it so now i think it's like let me and the the monetary goal that you're referring to mm-hmm. that I, I mentioned a couple months back was i would really like to hit a million dollar net worth by the time that I am done being 25. So before my 26th birthday, I would like to have a million dollars. He's 23, by the way. Oh uh, yeah, so I'm I'm running low on time, but like, you know, <laughs> um, e- even still, like if I don't hit that, I don't feel like I will feel failure necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's just other people have done it. Like there have been other self-made. Yeah. You know, twenty four year old. But it is hard to compare yourself to people because everyone has like a different timing. I feel like no, everyone definitely. shit goes in waves. Like See, some people might be on the high right now and you're on the low, but you're about to come right up. As the pendulum swings, I, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. My thing is, I would like to be able to say, yeah, guys, like I worked my ass off from the time that I was twenty to the time that I was twenty five, and I made a million dollars. If I don't hit it, I don't feel like it'll be failure. But I'm yeah. doing it more for what what becoming a young millionaire will do for me as a man. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, it, you don't meet a lazy or an uninteresting self-made mm-hmm. millionaire by the age of 25. I think like it's good a, to have goals like that as long as it's not like you think that's going to equate to happiness. Because the second you hit that goal, you're going to have to think of another goal and then you're just always chasing and you're never enjoying like the journey. As an old 27-year-old <laughs> who is so wise, <laughs> who has seen a lot in my years, <laughs> um, one thing I learned is after college, I was an athlete, I was a tennis player, very, very competitive and I wanted to keep winning so my dad was in sales so I went into sales and I was on the grind cold calling and started moving up moving up by a year and a half I would guess I was 22 I was making like six figures selling but I what what were you selling I was selling digital marketing nice but I was going into the bathroom and legitimately just like sitting there as long as I could so I didn't have to go back on the phones like I really hated it and I started to realize like I want to create. I don't want to take from people. I want to give something to people. And it was a good learning lesson since the very beginning. I was like, I don't give a fuck about how much money I'm making. I want to feel like I'm doing something that excites me, makes me feel alive. And the money's going to come and go. So it's like with you, I think you're actually already doing that dream part. Like you want to live your dream. Like you're a fucking entrepreneur at 23. That's pretty great. It takes some people a long time and they wake up with kids and they're, you know, sitting at a desk with a corporate job and they realize, shit, I didn't do anything I wanted to do because I just want to hit a number. So it seems like you have a little bit of both, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I've been totally self-employed now under my own company since January. So I guess eight months I've been like under my own vigil and Mm -hmm. it's been awesome so underneath still being able to like live the life that I want to live and have the experiences you know I think this this year alone I've taken or I'm taking 17 trips places holy shit I've been traveling so much it's crazy but underneath that I still kind of have this underlying goal just because it's kind of fun to have I don't want to just you know work hard aimlessly it's like let me set some really high striving goals so that so, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, shoot for the moon. If you miss, you'll land yeah. stars. Like, so you however sound cheesy like, that is. You sound like a very type A person. So <laughs> like with that said, like the with that said, do you suffer from anxiety? Every day. Like Every what day. kind of anxiety? The anxiety that I 
I think I have turned myself into a person that is trying to do like the the quote unquote right thing mm -hmm. all the time, and that is this kind of costume that I've trapped myself into. Mm. So it's like I'm the pinch hitter. Like something needs to get done. You know, I, I, I guess I have really embodied. You're kind of a yes man. No, I, I've embodied, if you want something done right, do it yourself. And um, if, you know, like, what is your definition of right? Well, mine is, like, freaking perfection. I really want shit to go as smoothly as possible. I want, you know, once it's running as smoothly as possible, figure out a way to scale it up and make it run that, you know, same mm -hmm. amount of smooth. And that's why you're going to be successful, but it's also going to make shit tough sometime. Like, because things are going to go wrong. No, Especially definitely. running a business. You know, nothing ever goes as planned. No, so I mean, even my roommates were asked recently to describe me, and I think one of them said, "Well, he's the hardest worker, but to a fault, and sometimes he's kind of an asshole about it." And it was like, you know, like I. Well, if so, you want <clears throat> to get shit done, I've learned like you got to take off the like my like joke hat, and I have to put on my business hat and speak to people, look them in the eye, and tell them what I really want instead of like being that like funny. Ha ha ha! I don't know what's happening. No, exactly. Like whenever it's work, I'm 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 putting on my work mode and. Mm -hmm. Friendship aside, like, if you're not performing, I'm going to let you know. I'm not here to be an, <clears throat> an asshole and yell at you. Like, that's not so my... So you'll be anxious until something's perfect. Yes. Yes. And I do mean, you repeat have... it in your head? Like, do you think about it all the time? Yeah. I, I mean, <clears throat> I have this rotating to-do list on the notes in my phone, mm -hmm. and it is constantly stacked. And I am I stack errands up, and I systemat systematically just knock them one, you know, down one by one. Mm hmm and that to-do list never so seems this, to go down. So does this give you any time for a love life? Um, you know, honestly, since living in New York City, I love life has been so not even on my brain. It Are you cheating on me? Every day. <laughs> That's so fucked up for you to say it on my podcast. Drop that bomb on me. Hannah, we're not dating. <laughs> since when are we not dating? Oh, uh, I thought... This is a date. <laughs> you think this I is the best first date I've ever been on. Actually, we've is always this our bonded. First fight? You would know if it was a fight, honey buns. <laughs> Have you ever had a terrible heartbreak? Uh yeah, I, I would say I've been in love twice. Who hurt you? I will kill her. Um I will find her family. I mean, the first one was a thing where we dated for a while, like a year and a half maybe, and then she moved with Oh my god, I remember when you're 23 and a year and a half dating is like so long. Continue. <laughs> I have like friends now who are 34 and they're like, yeah, we had an eight-year relationship, but then he was just like a dick. I'm like, eight years? And then he was a dick? <laughs> like you didn't know that for the first eight years? Okay, so um, how did it Con end? Like context clues, jeez. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so she moved, and then it was just, like, long distance was kind of destined not to be a, a sustainable thing. And then the the next girlfriend dated her for another year and a half, and I broke up with her right before moving to New York, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, she kind of, I think she was on the track to get married, and I, I was like, I'm 19, I don't know what this is That's about. That's some Texas shit right there. That is some Southern Texas shit Girls in New York are like, I'm 29, stop trying to make me commit. <laughs> <laughs> to get my career in order yeah yes. how do you like new york city women you can tell me the truth i'm not offended they're my favorite women of all the tell women tell me the truth i know i'm your favorite <laughs> yeah okay so let me restate that you're my favorite woman of all the women <laughs> um it's new tough. york city women i mean it's just so tough to date like i you know going back to my alternating to-do list like mm -hmm. i stay so busy just trying to hustle for myself right now yeah that honestly it's like 
I hardly see my friends up here. I see my clients more than anybody else. Do you feel you have pressure as a dude to become successful to, like, get the best girl? No, I think that by being a good person, I'll get the best girl. I love that. Yeah, I don't... Stop trying to make me fall in love with you. Uh, is it working? A little bit. <laughs> I don't know if I'm just sweaty because it's hot in here or... Or you're nervous. Or I'm nervous. No, I totally get it. When was the last time you were depressed? I'm turned hey, on. You know, when were you depressed? Because <laughs> that really turns me on hearing people be sad. I'm like, how sad were one, you? One time I had a dog. Keyword had. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, actually, that's not even. Animals dying literally is the most upsetting <laughs> thing to me ever. Like, you know, when you're watching a movie and a human dies, you're like, fuck that dude. And then like a cat gets run over by a car and you're like, no. So like, if depression turns you on, where are you at right now? <laughs> <laughs> You're young. I didn't even know that I was depressed I, until I like twenty six. Thank you very much. But like, I didn't. I just thought I was like. I can even rent a car. I just have to pay a premium on insurance. Like it's, <laughs> it's honestly like I'm totally legal. So when was the last time you remember you were depressed? I think that honestly, and this is where we're getting trapped into that positive, you know, Pete personality. On that was a great uh, whatever. That, I was nodding my head. I was like, I get Pete it. Personality, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So I think that I got stuck into that. As a young kid, like I've always kind of been the positive guy, mm-hmm. and ever since I was it sucks, a, it's so so much energy. Well, yeah, ever since I was a young kid, I always felt like maybe realistically I wasn't actually there mentally, and so I've been to therapy since I was probably seven. Like I've talked really? to, yeah, no, I was younger than that. Was maybe. it just part of your family that they believe in therapy? My parents got a divorce whenever I was one, so like I've never really known them together, oh. and so they were like, okay, we want him to turn out normal, like put him in therapy. Because so many dudes like. Don't even, my dad won't, I can't even say the word therapy around him and he's like skeeved out. I think it's the greatest thing. Like, I am such a huge advocate. I actually literally. Maybe that's why you're really fucking mature for your age because I feel like you've sorted some shit out. I feel like I also have a really great set of parents that on their own coached me through a lot of things mentally. Like, they were very self-aware. Because they've gone through some shit. Yeah, and, and they really took time to diagnose it and break it down and like come at it with a very neutral point of view and say, hey, just realistically, here's what's actually happening, and then separate You're not just putting emotions. a Band-Aid on it. Yeah, it's like, let's get to the core here, and then, you know, you need to hash things out for real. You can't just Band-Aid fix everything. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Is there any advice from your therapist that you think would help other people that you've learned? I know this is a very, like, general question. Okay, so I don't know that I would have advice from my therapist, um, just because I haven't talked to this guy, you know, since I moved away from home, so probably since I was 20. Mm -hmm. But I went to the same guy from the time that I was probably 5 to 20. Holy shit. Yeah, I haven't seen him in five years. I was going to say today I called his office. And I was like, just randomly spoke to the receptionist and said, this guy really helped me a lot. So if you could have him give me a call back, I'd really like to just tell him thank you. Like he had that big of an impact that today just randomly I called him just to, he's 80 years old. Like he's still kicking it. That's beautiful. Yeah, no. So it, it really had such a positive impact on my life. So speaking of your parents and how you're brought up, how do they feel about you posting thirst traps every day on Instagram? 
I think one of <laughs> your segues are just on. Like these are really. They're so bad. I have no good. idea where this conversation is going right now. It's like a fucking roller coaster ride. Am I right? <laughs> Welcome to oh, my life. Man. This is how my brain works. Isn't that fucked? <laughs> yeah, like a little bit. Like, oh man! Um, I was just like envisioning you with your shirt off, and I was like, "So, what do your parents think?" About? I'm not. Envisioning. She wasn't envisioning. Yeah, she was I'm just like, "My you. eyes are up here, Hannah." Okay, please. stop trying to distract me um, from this question. Yeah. So <laughs> he's currently flexing his pecs right now. Yeah, they're kind of like titty bouncing around. Mm -hmm. Um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> what are your parents thinks of, of what your, are my parents So when think I say thirst, thirst traps, traps, I mean like Sh Sean sure. has photos of like his cheekbones and jaw and his hair and then like all the way down to his pubes right below his belly button and you're like in the middle of work and you're like, I feel dirty looking at this. Would you rather me like post really depressing stuff so that you could feel some other type of way? <laughs> my pictures? Then I feel real good. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think whenever I first moved from Texas to New York City, they were really, you know, kind of taken back at that. I I came up to New York for five days while I was still living in Texas, did five photo shoots, and mm -hmm. got signed to an agency. Holy shit! And during that five photo shoots, I did a couple underwear shoots because, mm -hmm. like, whatever, it's just a leg. And uh, and a hip. Are you, you know? calling your dick a leg? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying like, <laughs> like to wear underwear. You just see it. No, it's like people call it a baby leg. But <laughs> um, well, do you wear stuff well, over no, your dick? But yes. What do you wear something over your dick? Over my like a cup when you do the shoots, or is it like? No, it's just all natural. Like it's just chilling. Damn. I mean, it's just like do you ever get a boner like... doing shoots? Like a good breeze comes by, or like there's a hot model with you. Uh, if there's like if I'm shooting with another girl, like it's kind of expected that you get like a little like, well, like yeah, I mean, I'm shooting with like, a really attractive woman. Like, what do you kind of? But like, isn't that weird for them to do a photo shoot with a guy with a huge boner? Well, it's not like oh, this isn't Ron Burgundy where it's just like <laughs> yo, like let's do this shoot now. Like, it's not that bad, I promise. Um, I. I want to play a game with I think, you. I would think they would think it's very flattering. Like, hey, well, thank you for the compliment. If you didn't get a boner, I was like, <laughs> I'd be like, what the fuck? No, exactly. So, so I want to play a game with you. Well, it's not really a game, actually. It's just a segment. It's called Instamosity. 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 Yeah, it's a big word. So, do you remember one picture on your Instagram where you looked happy, but in real life you weren't? Yes, uh, I have one. Yeah, definitely. I have one of me taking a selfie with my dog, and I actually I don't know if it's on Facebook or Instagram. That one probably killed because it's a dog and abs. Uh, the, uh, there was no abs in this one. It was just like a regular like me, oh. me and my dog like hanging out. That's a first. Yeah, no, I mean typically it's thirst trap, but mm -hmm. not this photo. And that was the day that I failed out of college, or like like withdrew before I failed out, oh. and so I literally had like been crying like all day. Like, <laughs> I, I just I've never felt so horrible in my life. Like that was the biggest failure for me. And so yeah. I went home and just like sat down and my dog just came up and just laid in my lap and I was like, This this dog right here, mm -hmm. man. Like he He knew you needed it. He gets it. And you took a photo and were people commenting I, I took like a photo. Oh my god, I love you. No, this was four or five years ago, so I don't think I had an you know, I had an Instagram, but it was not do you feel like a cooler person now versus that Sean who didn't have followers? No, I feel like the same dumbass that I was before I ever had a follower, <laughs> like not at all, which is really weird to like realize that I have what some might refer to probably incorrectly as a fan base. Mm -hmm. Like I don't believe in that at all. I just have a lot of 
people that watch my shit. Yeah. Like, I, because they so don't really weird. know you or get you. It's, um, but I have a question. Who are you jealous of on Instagram? You know, you always see the people that you assume don't work at all. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I think the answer is I'm not jealous of anybody on Instagram. I'm not That's like, good super envious i look at some people's lives and i'm like oh wow that is does anything really trigger you on instagram that can put you in a bad mood no i don't think i let instagram like get you ever see a dude like on that. like a plane just like oh i just sold my company for 13 million does that piss you off no not really i mean i look at that as just like uh that'll be me someday like i look I, at it more as motivation sometimes i look at guys like dan bilzerian mm-hmm. and he's always hanging out with these like big titty hoes and it's like okay that is like one hell of a lifestyle but i don't envy that are big titty hoes like that they can't no, talk no, like I, this with you no way exactly i and want like, like some guys like girls with natural i brains. want girls with like big titty brains you know what i'm saying like oh shit big dick <laughs> energy and big titty brains shit. time to play the game seven deadly sins seven deadly sins I love this game. It's actually not really a game. You're just answering questions again, but it's about the seven deadly sins. Why do we sins. keep calling these games? Because I not. love to play games. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not games at all. Okay, so number one, what are you greedy about? Credit. You bad credit? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, And this is something that I am totally self-aware about and even still, and I feel like that's the the most important character trait is if you're going to be a shitty person in some regard, at least acknowledge that, hey, I'm not the best at this. I really struggle with working really hard on something and then letting someone else come in and slap their name on it. Kind of like being the group project guy that does the group project. And then I having... hate that so much because so, I'm always that person in the group projects that, that's like, let's get this shit done. There's always some motherfucker that just sits back So I think and we're at like credit. minute 39 and we've probably spent 29 talking about how I'm type A. So like you can <laughs> see how that would really bother me. But because you're an entrepreneur now, what situations does that happen with? You know, I'm not you even... You can call people out. Full names. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure we would love that for the sake of the podcast. (laughs) I love all of my friends equally. (laughs) Nah, I'm I'm not even going to get into it, but like it's definitely something that I struggle with. Yeah. But do you make sure that that you give people their credit where credit's due? 100%. Yeah. Because I think that goes like karma's a good For example, let's circle back. I am not the designer for Sean Alexander underwear. I'm yeah. the face. They're using my name, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm in charge of marketing and getting these sold. It's a beautiful design, by the way. My brother is the one that did the logo, the design. He put up the website, set up the payment processing. I mean, he really is like the the brain, and I'm sitting here. I'm big buff pinky. The second you think that you can do everything. Did you like, get that pinky in the brain reference, please? No. No? Okay. Well, yeah, I get it. You're pinky. He's a brain. That was good. I, I give you credit where credit's due. Um, I, do, <laughs> I do. She's quick. She's got jokes. <laughs> she got jokes. I I do. She think. got funny voices. <laughs> hey, let's let's keep the funny to the funny person right now. All right. Um, I do think that credit is something that like once you understand that you can't do it all, you just like believe in yourself, and the second you think that you can do it all, and that's when, like, you don't go that far. I've learned that, like, even in this podcast, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for other people who knew how to do shit that I didn't know how to do, and I knew I didn't know how to do it. I think that's a super important character trait as well, like, yeah. knowing when to bow out. Yeah. Like, I'm not the best at administrative work. Yeah. I, 
like, I could tell. Excel, it's quite scary to me. <laughs> like, I'm on spreadsheets. I I'm actually like, hate logistics. Oh. Like, I'm like, someone make this happen, and I'll give you the bigger concept idea. So I think one thing that's definitely led to a huge portion of any success that I've had so far has been saying, I'm not good at this. Let me find somebody who is. Let me find somebody who is a master at this, consult mm-hmm. them on what they would do, and then go find someone else that I can employ to get that job done. So, yeah. like... It, it, being able to be a master delegator. Oh, yeah. Not master baiter, master delegator. Yeah, and once it, you can teach people to do stuff like you do, that's how you talked about expanding. That's how you expand quickly is when you can teach people how to do what you do. Still working on that part as yeah. well. I mean, there's it's also an ongoing a, process. There's a good quote. I'm probably going to fuck it up, but it's like, if you want to do something fast, do it alone. If you want something to go far and well, that's not the exact quote, but do it with others. Yeah. And I, I really do believe that because you cannot delegate and like get your shit done and it's just you. But if you want to create a fucking monster and take over the world, not with like a monster, but I don't know. It's been a long day. Um, <laughs> next thing. Do, do, what, what is your favorite quote? I'm going to interview you for oh my a second. God. What like, is my favorite have, quote? I yeah, do. Yeah, like a, a quote or a I passage do. that you have memorized, like a mantra maybe. Even when it's raining, the hoop is always there. It's a basketball reference. I was thinking hula hoop, and I was like, I don't understand. You are very dumb. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. You're actually not dumb I at all. I think that like would be much better suited with a visual of like a basketball well, goal. I I come from a basketball family, so I always love. My dad would always use basketball metaphors for like mm-hmm. life, and I love the idea that like even when shit seems horrible and dark and like fucked up, you might not see it. But the hoop is still there. Like you can still score. Like basically, that even when you're depressed and shit. The hoop's actually still there. Yeah. Okay, I see that. I thought that would go over better with you. No, no, I appreciate that. As an athlete. I mean, I was a gymnast. I didn't I didn't have, like, the hand-eye coordination. One for... thing, whenever I see Sean, I'm going to make him do this later. On my Insta story, I always make him do a flip for me because I think it's awesome. Yeah, Backflips are, like, really cheap, easy entertainment. Like, it takes maybe a day Your and a half to learn. Your party trick is yeah, so... <laughs> Wait, you could teach me? Oh, easy. I have I've a very, maybe, like, 50 people. I have a people. very long torso. If you are at all an athlete and you can do a box jump, you know, up onto a oh, chair. Oh, I'm good at box jumps. Yeah, no, we can crush a backflip. No okay. Doubt. What are you gluttonous about? Do you know what gluttonous means? Uh, I mean, like, I what think do you that's overindulge like pa- in? I think that's like a pastry, isn't it? What do you overindulge in? <laughs> that's like uh, the thing I that, in? I, that makes people shit. Okay, there are these like oh, <laughs> there are these homemade fig bars like that uh, they get sold at a deli two blocks yeah. up from mine. I buy these twenty five at a Why time. Why are fig bars so high in calories? Like I feel so fucked up because when I was little, I was like, "Figs healthy." A fig bar is like one little okay. fig bar is sixty calories for a little fucking fig. Maybe man. we shouldn't get into fitness because I'm gonna sit here and talk for the next sixteen minutes about dieting. But let's just it's one the thing: the quality of the calories, not the quantity. I know. Yeah, don't misconstrue healthy as in line with weight loss or building muscle. Like, just because something falls under the category healthy does not mean that it is in line with your goals. I love that. Salads are healthy. Date bars are healthy. Mm -hmm. But you can't be trying to get a six-pack eating date bars ten times a day. And too much of anything's bad. Except for water. You can kind of get about as much as you want. I mean, don't drown, but like... (laughs) (laughs) like, But but water is, yeah, go nuts. So when was the last time you experienced extreme wrath? Extreme wrath? Hmm. Besides punching 
the door when you lost. I just want to go back to that door. It was a really thin door, so like it was very easy okay, for my fist to you're have gone through. You're a fucking huge dude. Like you probably punched it. It was like two pieces of cardboard hard. with like corrugated cardboard. You're a monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was less than you're angry? Um, I think probably trying to share credit and like realizing that hey, I feel like I've done a disproportionately mm. larger amount of work here, and I feel like the credit was spread evenly was not spread evenly and so i i got really frustrated with that and it's like you know am i justified in feeling that way Mm -hmm. maybe but is it an appropriate reaction dealing with partners is tough yeah so it's like look rather than allow myself to feel justified in being annoyed that i feel like i did more and got less credit I'm just going to work on my own feeling. I can't change what happened. I can't change True, other life people. is about how you It's not respond. what happens. It's how you react. Exactly. It's how you react. So for me, it's like, look, let me just work on being less of a, a jealous person in mm-hmm. that regard. I, you know, I'm going to try to bow out to credit. Like, let me just work hard and my... Uh, I still, like, in the back of my head think you're talking about your credit score. <laughs> no, no. But, like, you know, sharing the pride in... Yeah. in it is a little bit of ego, but it, yeah, so I'm just trying to suppress the ego. Yeah, suppressing your mm, ego. Su- suppressing your the ego's wrong word, not though. your like, amigo. My ego That's is not my, my amigo. That's my second favorite quote. I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, what was I gonna? I was gonna say how I forget. Um, what's your favorite book that you've ever read? Oh, oh. Like, like, oh. okay, like I want books and or other things that have like really. I like. It's so okay. You think about it. I'm gonna give my top three real quick. Yeah. The, if you because, want, are you one of those people <clears throat> to ask me question just so you can answer the question? No, I really want you to think just, about your books. Okay. You think you you tell me your books. Uh, Hannah, would you rather tell me your books first? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't really read. Cute. I don't read. No, that's totally cool. Like that's. I mean, honestly, I I don't. I I've only gotten into reading. Just recently, over I the just last learned two how years. to read. <laughs> no, I mean I've really only gotten Good into night, it in the moon. last like three years. <laughs> Have you heard this thing called books? They're fucking awesome, bro. <laughs> you can pick them up and put them down. <laughs> uh, Tell me your book, sweetheart. Um, okay. (laughs) The Richest Man in Babylon, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and Think and Grow Rich. What is it? Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. What is the second one? How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Do you think that reading these kind of self-help books actually helps you? Yes. Cool. Without a doubt. I think I want to read the second one. Okay, so let me ask you. I mean, do you feel like that whenever you study up on anything at all and actually try to brush up on it, you become better at it? Yeah, but sometimes I think, like, the self-help books say a lot of things that are, in theory, like, duh, I know I should do that, but it's harder than that. I personally love buying self-help books and then not reading them. Like, I will go to Barnes & Noble or whatever the fuck, and I will buy all the self-help books. I'm like, oh, it'll be great. And then I get home, and I'm like, I'm too lazy to read that shit. See, so whenever you start reading the books, it, your your mindset changes. Like, I'm just reading these books in order to change myself so that I can adapt to, you know, different different circumstances. I love that. As... You're going to be such a catch when you're 29. When I'm 29, she says. Yeah, you have a lot to learn. Exactly. That's why I keep reading books. Exactly. One thing I wanted to say, though, about um, how you react to situations is because I'm type A, I th- and I was an athlete, I was grown with a lot of criticism. Like, every time after a match, there's always criticism. So I learned that 
to get better, you have to be critical of yourself. So I thought that when something happened and being hard on myself, I was being good. Like, that's how you get great. And then one day I realized, oh, if you're just compassionate to yourself, it's not like you're being less, like, successful. You're just actually caring for yourself. And you know when you've done wrong. You don't have to fucking yell at yourself. You know when you fucked up. But it's about coping with situations with compassion rather than being angry at yourself. So I think a lot of people have not figured that out. Like you're obviously I recently very, figured it out. So I think the reason that I might have figured that out is I just started reading books that basically told me all these things that I, are those like duh like, moments. But yeah, it is a dumb moment, but like they're like, "Oh, don't hate yourself." It's like, "Oh, I don't hate myself." And then a little thing will happen like your boss will tell you to redo something and you're like, "You fucking idiot. How did you not do that right?" But instead go, "You know what, Hannah?" You tried hard, learn from what you didn't like, continue, and your day goes so much better. So much better. No, so it's that that's what you read the books for. And it was like I just decided what what areas can I study up on that will have the most lasting positive impact on myself. Like what you know, areas do you think? So I figured financial literacy would be a huge one. I need to be able to manage money and make money and make it grow. Just because money doesn't buy happiness, but it buys ease of life and comfort mm -hmm. and so it's like look if I want to be able to just do the things that I want to do and be in a position where I can do these charitable events and give backs I have to be selfish for myself to some degree so let me be financially literate and like read books on how to save money and accumulate wealth um how to deal with people like I'm not the I, I'm, I'm not the intellectual guy obviously pre-cal and calculus and like you know you're not these, book smart that that wasn't my thing. And even still, like, you know, I crushed anatomy in the classes that I enjoyed, like chemistry, biology. I mean, the fact you're reading impresses me. I'm not going to lie. So it was like, I basically determined I need to be as good with people as I can be. And that means reading up on these things that, yeah, I already knew, like, mm -hmm. okay, maintain good eye contact. Mm -hmm. If you're in a bad mood, force yourself to smile. Like, mm -hmm. literally force a cheeky, fake smile. Mm -hmm. Hold that sucker for a minute. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be in a bad mood. That must look so weird it, it if sucks. people are watching you. But, but these are little things that you learn, and it's like, look, I well, have control over think about school. my emotions now. We don't learn those things. Like, no one told me how to cope with my emotions. Are you, are I, you I, playing footsie, footsie with me? Oh, that was my knee, but yeah. I liked it. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in school, no one talks to you about, like, how to deal with your emotions, how to deal with the negative voices in your head, how to cope with dark times. We're talking about science and math and English, which is important, but mental health is so f much more important than those things to an extent. Like, gym class, great. Can we have a gym class for our mind? That's why I think that the fact that you've done therapy from a young age is pretty awesome. You've asked me what my favorite quote is. What's your favorite quote? Um, it comes from one of the books. So if you want to like, you know, give me an LOL on that one, like obviously uh, you could have probably seen that one coming. Um, <laughs> LOL. Thank you. No. So my favorite quote comes from think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill. And it's called the self-confidence formula on page 42. So yeah, I've probably like opened that book a handful of times. Cute. And so it's a five step process that you know i basically whenever i was 19 printed it out had it taped to my mirror and i read it out loud every single day and i had 10 short-term goals 10 long-term goals and then five attributes about myself that i did not feel like i was up to par with that i needed to work on so like one of those i remember was like i need to be better in the face of criticism i need to 
stop biting my nails. Like, like it was just random things, but like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it, it was as vast as being better in the face of criticism and stop biting my fingernails, which by the way, like, I feel like I've improved the criticism thing, but my nails are still just <laughs> fuck all. Like they're horrible. <laughs> so, uh, but the quote goes, I fully realize that no wealth or position can long endure unless built upon truth and justice. Therefore, I will engage in no transaction which does not benefit all whom it affects. I will succeed by attracting to myself the forces I wish to use and the cooperation of other people. I will induce others to serve me because of my willingness to serve others. And I will eliminate hatred, envy, jealousy, selfishness, and cynicism by, de- by developing love for all of humanity because I know that a negative attitude towards others can never bring me success. I will cause others to believe in me because I will believe in them and in myself. Wow. Yeah. I'm like my heart astounded. is racing right now. <laughs> I'm astounded that I was really you've memorized that I all couldn't that. Remember I know that. you're so cute. Like that's like on the spot. But yeah, so thanks I'm, for making my quote look like shit. Also, I just want to say, like, I I don't have a whole lot of other quotes on tap. <laughs> like, so you know, like if you ever ask, is me that on the your street, party like, trick? You're like, hey, check out this quote. I know. check out. Hey, I'm gonna quote this shit while I do a backflip right now, and you're all gonna be wet by the end of this. Well, so. now <laughs> yeah, all the dudes watching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now that I feel super inspired, I have one last question for you for our seven deadly sins. Yes, you can take When was the last time you lusted over somebody? Right now. That's what I wanted you to say. I test people at the end, and some people don't this say me. This sound check guy is giving me eyes this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> um, with that said, Sean, I want to thank you so much for, for burning in hell with me. You've opened up about some of your demons and given some really great advice. Everyone, follow Sean at Sean underscore Alexander. No, Sean Alexander with two R's. Oh. No underscores, no numbers. Ignore that my underscore comment. Couple letters. Um, if you want to <laughs> see his thirst traps, free spank bank. And why that? Until I don't next like, time. I love that. But you stay classy, in New York City. Like, <laughs> bye. <laughs>